everybody. This is Terrace House Mafia. I'm Noelle. I'm Nick. And we have watched episode... What was it? 37? 37 called Another Terrace. Oh, they used that. Was... <laughs> okay. Um, Talk about a title that in no way indicates what the content's going to be. That's what um, Boss like whispered when they arrived at the mansion. Yeah, in English. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a mansion. I, if he's <laughs> suggesting that there should... If Boss is suggesting that there should be a season of Terrace House that's the four of them trapped in that cabin, there was nothing I disagree with more. That would be the most harrowing season of TV ever produced. I don't think the girls could get paid enough to agree to that season. No amount of money on this earth. Yeah. Um, one thing that really bummed me out on rewatching this episode, like we, we usually watch it again, like right before we record, uh, Yamachan in the intro of this talks about how the, the peanut gallery's only island of joy is Kai and Hana. And I was like, oh man, I can't imagine how the peanut gallery is feeling after this episode. Because not only do we have the continued slow motion car accident of the, <laughs> the boss Yume situation, we've also got the complete implosion of the one good thing we had, the one good relationship we mm-hmm. had on this show. Yeah, I feel very grim that the only good thing we had is now broken. <laughs> it's been, it's been, and it didn't last long, man. The the Kai Hana romance was, there was like, what, an episode, two episodes where things were going nice for them? A part of me thinks it can still be salvaged. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I just like, there's, we'll get to it, but there's scenes, I mean, let's go through chronological order. We'll get to the Kai Hana stuff at the end, but, um... This Kyoto date, which I'll remind you was originally Kai's idea, right? No. Not, not the Kyoto part, but the, the aquarium. The aquarium part was originally Kai's idea to be a cute date for him and Hana. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow gets spun, I think it was the last episode, Boss turns it into this like double date thing and also decides it's going to be in Kyoto, which for people who don't know, is like pretty far. It's like LA to San Francisco. Yeah. it's a That is a big multi-hour train ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a whole day just, of travel. But he just wanted like a sleepover thing with Yume. Yeah. We're all assuming. It's really nuts how his adjustments to what would have been maybe a pretty nice date between Hana and Kai had this cascading effect that like fucked things up for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the whole who paid for what thing, the way that that kind of made things fall apart. Let's talk that about- is what made Hana and Kai's relationship fall apart i think it's half of it i would attribute i mean we can well we'll we'll discuss that soon but let's talk about the scene at the beginning one of the only scenes in the terrace house this episode where kai says to boss i don't think i should go to kyoto right i'm flat broke and i just it doesn't seem like a good idea to me and we both said that there's a scene where boss talks kai into going on this trip that he doesn't want to go on Mm -hmm. it felt like he was using business negotiation tactics and we both Mm -hmm. said this that it felt like a business negotiation it feels like i was being pitched to he was like these are your three points of like why you should actually go totally one two and three look i've solved all of your issues it feels like like literally something he learned in a business class where they were like (laughs) when you're trying to sell someone something you Pin down the specific issues and then you explain how you're going to solve them or something. That was literally what he did. Yeah. Um, Which, honestly, impressive. Like, honestly, taking notes. But... (laughs) It felt like a scene from Shark Tank or something, though. Not Terrace House. But unfortunate for Kai, who, like, boss ruined his chances with Hana. It's it's incredible the the destruction that this man has managed to uh, lay in this show in just a few episodes. Um, What did you think of the aquarium date? 
But I guess both aquarium dates, because it feels like two separate dates to me. Um, I mean, it, it's a cute date idea in theory. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the Hana and Kai half of the date? I mean, while it was happening, I didn't think there was anything wrong. Like, I thought it was just them as usual. Yeah. But, like, we later learned that that wasn't the case, but... Kai was just being a little quieter than normal, maybe, but it didn't feel like anything was wrong to me either. Yeah, it just seemed like a chill walk through the aquarium. You said at one point... It wasn't romantic at all, though. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It felt like two homies. Yeah. Uh, you said Hana's outfit is crazy at one point. I just said I didn't like her coat. What was it? I don't remember. It was just, like, this maroon coat with, like, black feathers mm. on the edges. And then on the other half of the aquarium, literally, they took two different paths and split up. We've got the Yume boss date. What did you think of, of that He's a date? hype beast. Um, I mean, it's weird, like, thinking about their dynamic because they're holding hands. And, like, on paper, it is, like, a cute date because, like, they're taking selfies and, like... Mm-hmm. It's, they seem super romantic. Yeah, from afar. Yeah. I Here's... I have a theory about the hand-holding thing that I okay. want to pitch you on. Okay. I did not say it while we were watching it, but upon rewatch, there's something that I, I definitely think happened. So the peanut gallery, and to be fair, both of us, have never really been clear on who initiated the hand-holding in that scene. It seems yeah. like they're holding hands together. Mm-hmm. But there's this scene... Do you remember when they walk into that like big room in the aquarium and there's like schools of fish and like there's a person swimming around? Mm-hmm. At one point, it shows... There's a shot of them from behind, of Boss and... Yume, and then it cuts away to a shot of in the aquarium, and then in the next shot we can't really see their hands, but there's this moment. Tell me if you remember this exchange where, like, he he. It appears that he grabs her hand and waves at the fish with her hand and says like konnichiwa, and she's like, Oh, did he do that? I think he I think he grabbed her hand and said and pretended to wave at the fish with her hand and said konnichiwa. And That's so fucking and annoying. She, she says like nande, like uh, like. Uh, nande konnichiwa like <laughs> what do you mean konnichiwa and if you view if that's what I think happened I can't be 100% sure but if that's what happened it totally fits the pattern of what we know about this dude it's yeah. it's it's the lip balm incident over again right mm-hmm. it's totally him like finding a sneaky way to hold her hand or something and then keep holding her hand the rest of the date and then her being polite so polite that she won't let go even yeah. if she wanted to which is like such a microcosm of everything about the interactions we've seen between these two yeah i don't i didn't ever see her initiating the hand exactly holding. exactly no um and i think a lot of i think the peanut gallery kind of mistook it for her being in, interested and i mean we talked about this a little bit after watching the episode the first time it doesn't i don't think she's interested in him for real i think that it everything that you could possibly mistake for her reciprocating is her being polite yeah, right? totally. Which it's it's a difficult line, I guess, to draw though when someone does continue holding your hand mm. for tw- however many minutes, however long the date was during your aquarium date. It, yeah, it's just like it, the problem is that it results in these, especially when it's a guy like Boss who appears to be a little delusional, and like we learned this last episode when he said that he thinks there's a seventy percent chance that he's. He mm-hmm. could, if he asked Yumi out, she would say yes, which is insane. Like, when he tries to kiss her at the Kyoto Tower, which I guess we can just dive right into, perhaps yeah. the most painful scene ever yeah. in Tara's house, uh, <laughs> when, when she is just straight up not kissing him, he says, <laughs> we kissed on Christmas, 
which <laughs> is so not what happened yeah. at all. And like literally my reaction to that is like, dog, you, you need to check the replay on that because w- the way you're remembering it and the I way know. it happened are not the same events. I'm like, do you have a concussion? <laughs> you did literally yeah. ask if he had a concussion. But I'm, I'm very curious though. Like, does he actually remember it in a way where she kissed him? I think he probably does. I think that one thing to keep in mind, I guess, is that we have this third person omniscient perspective, right? I mean, I think there's a heavy dose of self-delusion in there. But there's also the fact that he isn't seeing what we're seeing. So he might sincerely think that she kissed him in that moment. He's like on psychedelics. (laughs) That's the only possible explanation. Well, I'm beginning to question all of my previous relationships and whether or not I was extremely delusional in all of them. Because clearly she didn't kiss him. Right. But he definitely believes that she kissed him. He does believe it. But you get the sense, though, that the, the vibe that he puts off is that he, and the peanut gallery's alluded to this, he thinks he's hot shit. He's so cocky. Right. And, like, I don't think you need to worry about it because you don't have <laughs> a Napoleonic right. uh, confidence complex like this dude does. Well, he's just used to getting what he wants. Totally. Clearly. And that's what makes it so gratifying when, in the tail end of the Kyoto Tower semi-date she just straight up explains to him or gets as close as we're ever going to get to explaining to him that she doesn't want to kiss him that she doesn't know him well enough etc etc like she she stood up for herself i guess in a way which was a real relief to see um (laughs) yeah and i don't know if yeah i guess i don't know if stood up for yourself is like the word it was like pride out yeah, I, I think she didn't want to say this. And that's the thing that I think is so counterproductive about Boss's approach to relationships. Yeah. Is that it ends up being way more embarrassing for him at the end. If he had kept his distance and they had kissed like organically on the seventh date and she had initiated it, it would be like way cuter. But instead he's making her so uncomfortable that she's explaining on national television these things that should be obvious <laughs> to a 30-year-old man. Yeah. And that, like, sucks to watch a little bit. I almost have a sense that, like, and this isn't something that he's doing intentionally, but maybe he tends to go for, like, shyer girls that mm. have a harder time saying their true feelings or saying no and is used to getting his way because his tactics are so forceful that yeah. he doesn't realize he's doing shit wrong because those are always the girls that he goes for. Because it's like, if this was like Vivi, like Vivi would have slapped the shit out of him. That's another thing I wrote down in my notes. If Vivi had been on this trip, think about how differently things would have gone. Like maybe the stuff where they were like alone, like the Kyoto Tower date might've still gone down the same. But like she would have said some bro, shit. Bro, the bed like, thing, the trying to make them sleep and yeah. like basically one giant bed thing would not have flown. Yeah. I mean, there's standing up for yourself is good and needs to happen more. Mm. I think. Not saying like, oh, it's like the girl like should have spoke or whatever. Like that's definitely not it. But like it is frustrating to see a girl like like Yume is clearly not happy or mm-hmm. feeling comfortable, but she's smiling. So that he doesn't realize her discomfort. Totally. It feels like she laughs so much during the tower thing. And it's definitely a laugh of like discomfort and nande and like what are you like. Yeah. And um, I think part of me is just frustrated that she even feels like she needs to come off as still as like likable and cute and smiling when it's like, no, if you're uncomfortable, you should just be mad about Mm. that. Maybe this is like spinning off into conjecture territory, but I even (laughs) think that in that scene when she says, I mean, I still like you most out of the three in the house, 
I'm not even totally, and nobody can know except for her, right? But right. I'm not 100% sure she means that. Like, that might be her way of letting him down easy. It's just the communication skills all across the board are, like, zero. Mm. I mean, it, and it, it really goes to such extreme lengths of discomfort that when the guys are in the bath at the end, after the girls have taken their bath, they do what feels like almost like an Ocean's Eleven heist to sneak their beds off into a different area. Yeah. Like, it's... It's so crazy. And also, like you said, not something that would have happened if Vivi was in the mix. Like, <laughs> yeah. She would have stood her ground completely. Yeah. I'm actually really curious how... She's going to react to all of this. But the thing is, like, she... Her reaction is going to be filtered through what she hears from, like, Yume, who yeah. might not paint it as uncomfortable as it, it seems to be to us. Um, I mean, all in all, like... He ruined his chances. I, I kind of hope this... this I, I'd like to believe that that is true. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Well, well, we don't know yet. Yeah. We'll find out later tonight. Yeah. We'll watch the next one. Um, there's also, like... Speaking of ruining your chances, Kai and Hana have this heart-to-heart -heart about what type of relationship they're looking for. Right. And I feel like what I wrote down when we first watched it is that Kai just, it's almost like he's playing a game to see if he can say the worst possible answer to all her questions. <laughs> Cause she's like, yeah, I want somebody who's attentive and makes me feel cherished. And he's like, Oh cool. I uh, usually forget other people exist and I don't really feel like changing it. <laughs> At least he's being honest. I guess so. I guess so. But it's like, cause, cause you're right. Cause she does straight up say, do you, do you want to change this about yourself? And he's like, I don't really feel like I want to change that much. Right. I don't really feel like he's over his ex. Mm, so Really? That's your another conspiracy. I feel like he's just scared to be in a relationship again. And that's where this like wall is being created. I actually almost forgot. You're right that we did find out that he had went through a devastating heartbreak. And that's what put him on the house in the first place. And that's why he's doing stand-up too. So maybe he's not being that honest then. Because if it's actually about his ex, he's certainly not saying that. Well, I don't think it's like that literally about his ex. Mm. But like... He's his heart is like not ready to yeah. be in another relationship. I think that's that's for sure. And in a way, it's good that he's letting her know this now rather than dating her for a year and her having to realize that he's like an inattentive right. boyfriend who only cares about his terrible comedy. Right. Oh God. Imagine getting chosen. Imagine a guy choosing the salary man joke that he made over you. Like, what a horrible <laughs> feeling that's got. That's fucked. Like you, you're choosing your career where you're bombing. Anyways. Over, yeah. I think he's a pretty self-destructive person, to be totally honest. Yeah, totally. I think that he, because he's, he's, as an he's admitting, he's an, he, I almost, maybe he loves the idea of being a tortured artist, who can say, but he's like crying I as he's telling, do. yeah? Yeah. He's he's literally weeping as he's telling Hana that he, he wants spent to the whole sad. date. God, what another, speaking of shitty things to hear from the guy you're you're in love with. <laughs> um, I spent this whole day thinking about what I like about stand-up. That's also not on the top 10 list of things you want to hear after a date. Yeah. Hana took it surprisingly well, frankly. I think she was already over him at that point. Well, we should talk about that too. Yeah. So the, the bath scene with Hana and Yume, Hana talks a lot about how she basically was so turned off by Kai's behavior on this trip, specifically when it comes to him not paying for anything, right? Yeah. But she was, every time she talked about liking Kai, mm -hmm. she talked about it in the past tense for that mm. whole episode, which means she was like totally She's over him. She's fully done. Yeah, it seemed, I mean, at least for, for yeah. now. No, she does, she does say at one point, like, I was definitely in love with him before and now I'm definitely not. 
But even to his face, she was like, I liked you. Like she used past tense. She was like, I liked you. So I think she was over him. I just can't help but thinking, and maybe it's because I've been watching Devs on FX, which is all about determinism and like how ca decisions cascade into other decisions. But I just can't help but think about the alternate timeline where Boss didn't fuck this up. Where the aquarium date had not been a big trip to Kyoto, but had been a small trip to a local Tokyo aquarium where they took the the local train, right? Yeah. Because because Hana says, you know, boss took care of the hotel, the Shinkansen restaurants. We know that that's because Kai doesn't have money. He said at the beginning in that scene with boss about why he didn't want to go to Kyoto. He's like, it's because I don't have money. And right. that wouldn't have been a problem if they had gone on the cheap Tokyo aquarium date he had originally wanted. Plus it sucks that... It made Kai look bad because mm -hmm. Kai and Boss had already agreed together. Like Kai was like, I don't want to go and I'm broke. And yeah. then the boss was like, well, you come, I'll pay for everything. Totally. But the girls weren't privy to that conversation. So to them, it just looked like Kai it, being super free cheap. Freeloading, literally. Yeah. Hana even says that she thinks that he, she started worrying that he was freeloading off of his girlfriend of three years. Which I get why it looks bad too if like the girls didn't know that pretext. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, here's the thing. I, I don't think I should spend this much, ener much energy worrying about how it would have gone down the other way because it's clear that Kai and Hana's relationship was doomed from the beginning for other re for reasons other than his finances. Is it? Is that true? Just the conversation that they had, well, maybe not though. Because the conversation that they had while Boss and Yume were at Kyoto Tower, we have to remember that came on the tail, that came on the heels of Hana watching him not pull out his wallet all weekend. Yeah. So maybe that would have been a deal breaker Anyway, but it seems like for her, him being cheap is a deal breaker, which again, maybe he's just broke, you know? And outside of like the broke thing, I feel like what determined them not being compatible was very like in the moment answers for mm. Kai. Like he was just feeling down this day, mm. you know? Like he would have answered differently another day. Maybe. But do you think that she was already looking for... And out because we know how how turned off she was by the money stuff. So you think she used <clears throat> that as an out when the real issue was more money shit? Maybe not, but I think that she that conversation might not have had that tone, and those questions wouldn't have been so. Look, what do you want? Right. Like, because it feels like what she was fishing for was all right. I think you're a cheap bastard, but if you really like me and you're willing to make me feel cherished and give me what I want from a relationship, I'm willing to overlook <laughs> it. And he's like, No, nah, I'm not willing to do any of that shit. And she's like, All right, well, you just made this really easy for me. Peace. <laughs> That's true. Because uh, that decision shouldn't have had to be even made yet because they haven't even dated, really. It's been like a week. Are they even dating? Well, they haven't like spent time together alone since kind of confessing their feelings to each right. other. Right, yeah. But they're already ending. I just, I don't get any of these people. It, it feels, I mean, I just can't be too broken up over it because it's like, it, it seems like they're saving themselves a lot of time and heartache by cutting it off now. Yeah, but we want to see some some I, fleeting romance. I do. I also love seeing a relationship end and Hana not be devastated at the end. Like the thing that I really love about this is that Hana isn't crying That's true. to her her friends. Like, oh my God, I loved him so much and I, he doesn't like me back. She's She seems pretty in control of the situation and of her feelings. And that I get some happiness out of seeing her yeah. stable. That's true. Yeah. I... I this whole thing on Terrace House where people have these expectations of like, this is what I want in a relationship. What do you want? Mm -hmm. Okay. Like I'm, and this is kind of going off topic, but is that realistic? Like in real life? Mm. I mean, it's good to know what you want, but it never works out that way. I don't 
think. It definitely seems like the idea, a lot of the people on Tara's house are not really interested in dating and seeing if it can work. They want the perfect jigsaw piece that fits with them 100%. But that doesn't exist. Totally. And and if it does, you're not going to find it in a, a lot, like an assortment of three strangers who have been randomly cast <laughs> to be in a house with you. Three strangers, by the way, who are all going to be like at least six feet tall and incredibly beautiful. So they probably have personality defects from being hot their whole lives that have turned them into slight sociopaths. I mean, <laughs> wow. I just think if, if the cast member is going to keep being this hot, it creates other issues. I, I think ugly people also have issues. Definitely. But there's a certain type of <laughs> like male model dipshit that we've been getting. I would argue maybe an overabundance of this season. I just feel like every time a new cast member gets introduced, there is a four out of five chance that the title crawl underneath their profession is going to be model. Everyone is like a model slash actor or something or like a model slash IT person. Like they're all always models. I think they need to get the fuck over all this criteria for dating Mm. when they're not going to marry these people anyway because they're 12 years old and and like just fucking go with your feelings. (laughs) Like it doesn't, you don't need this list. You'll need to be having these super deep, like this is the conversation you have before you decide if you're getting engaged. Yeah. Not if you decide before you have your first kiss. Selfishly as TV viewers, we want them to date and learn these things about each other. It's almost like cheating the audience to just talk it out and not actually date. Plus talking is bullshit. You don't really know what someone's about until you spend time with them yeah, and see it. Totally. I, I stand by my position that they're all too attractive and we need a oops all <laughs> uglies season of Terrace House. I don't want to watch ugly season of Terrace House. Well, and there you go. That's That must be why they <laughs> the show is designed this way. Hot people and ugly people have issues. It's not going to make a difference if we have an ugly season. It'd be different issues. Yeah, I don't want to see those issues. <laughs> I want hot issues. <laughs> this, this season should be subtitled <laughs> Hot Issues. Uh, well, shit. I, I, the cliffhanger of this episode was the guys getting out of the bath and realizing that the girls are literally hiding from them in another room. Um, I can't wait for them to watch themselves on TV. That is going to be great. Also, we haven't really seen the peanut gallery's reaction to... The whole the trip as a whole. Yeah. And I am dying to see that opening recap scene and see what the peanut gallery has to say about everything we just suffered through. Well, yeah, we're going to watch the next one. We are. Yeah. We are. Um, and we have only one episode left that's currently out. So we're going to be like caught up really soon. Yeah, we're, we're basically caught up. We're going to be caught up as of tonight. Yeah. By midnight tonight. That's really exciting. So we'll keep... You might notice that the release of episodes slows for obvious reasons, but bear with us. Um, We'll be watching it week to week, just like I assume many of you are, and it should be fun. So without further ado, tweet us. Tweet us at Terrace House Pod, and we'll do this again. We'll do this again. We'll do this again.